And if you'll bow with me one more time. Our Father, thank you so much for the privilege to be here. Thank you for the words and the challenge that we've just heard uh, through Brother Andy. Please grant that it would bear fruit in our hearts and bless the remainder of our time this evening. Lord, we look to you. We need you. We need your word. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, so good to be here. Uh, thank you to Ripley Church, Brother Lewis. Um, I am so thankful to be in the presence of, of godly men. Um, we need each other. We need godly men. We need the fellowship, and the encouragement, and the examples. So I am um, truly privileged to be here with you. Uh, let's go to Psalm 119, where we are. And the message uh, before me tonight is pursuing purity. And we'll read the second section of Psalm 119. So starting in verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Pursuing purity, what we have, kind of how this section is, is laid out, is there is a question in verse 9, there's a short answer given in verse 9, and then really there's kind of a long expanded answer in the rest of the section. So the question is obviously, how will a young man cleanse his way? Short answer, by taking heed thereto according to thy word, and the rest of it is kind of the psalmist's prayer to God and personal testimony of how that he has kept his way pure. So a question, a short answer, and then a longer expanded answer to the question. Hey, it's an important question, isn't it? It's an important question. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? You can apply it to young women. You can apply it to middle-aged men, old men, but it does say to a young man, doesn't it? Think about that phrase, a young man. I don't know about you, but it calls to mind um, a lot of great words, a young man. Strength, energy, minds that are still sharp and capable of gobbling up, lot, gobbling up lots of knowledge, potential, uh, optimism, it's just youthful vigor and energy. No wonder Satan loves to wreck the lives of young men. No wonder Satan loves to wreck the lives of young men, to wreck that strength, to wreck those minds, to wreck those strong bodies. And he sets the table full of temptation, doesn't he? I mean, he sets the table full for young men. And before Satan even gets there, young men, old men, middle-aged men, wherever we are, before Satan even gets there, we already have a need to cleanse our way, don't we? Because we have a nature that is prone towards that table of temptation. And when Satan is tempting us, he's not tempting us with things that are outside of the, of the sinful desire that's within, right? The desire of the flesh, the desire of the eye, and the pride of life. And so this is an important question, how great a need there is. How will a young man cleanse his way? How will he keep his way pure? It could be, it could be translated. We think about, um, in the scriptures, we think about some young men, both the negative and the positive. 
And the Bible gives us these examples for many reasons, but they really, they really grab hold of your mind. One of them is Samson. I mean, wouldn't you love to be in a, in an arm wrestling contest? I mean, not being, being an observer where Samson was there, right? I mean, strength or see Samson, uh, how much can he bitch press? How many people can he beat up? Uh, strength. Samson had strength that God had given to him for a purpose, right? Not just for arm wrestling contests. God had given Samson strength for a divine purpose for his people, for the good of his people. Samson had a special calling of God in his life. Samson had opportunity right before him. And praise the Lord for the gospel. Amen. That in Hebrews 11, all we know about Samson is by faith Samson. Hallelujah. For the gospel. But the Old Testament description of his failings are given to us for a very important reason, for for many reasons, for a warning to us. A warning signal to us. We think about Samson, all the gifts, all the strength, and yet we see waste. We see missed opportunities. We see unfulfilled potential. And we see a man who gave himself over again and again to his fallen appetites. Again and again. Think about a a man in the Old Testament, a little less known, another young man named Rehoboam. Solomon's son. So you have David's reign, a reign where there's lots of war and battle and conquering. And then you have Solomon's reign where peace is enjoyed. There's prosperity. There's some bad things there, of course, but a lot of good about Solomon's reign. And then he dies and Rehoboam is his son. And there's a scenario that immediately faces Rehoboam and the uh, his subjects say, look, your, your pop made it a little hard on us, okay? Taxes were pretty bad. Would you just kind of soften up a bit and we'll serve you? And so the, the old counselors who were wise, who had lived during Solomon's time, said, Rehoboam, if you'll serve this people, you'll have them eaten out of your hand. Right? If you'll be a, a benevolent leader, they will follow you. He says, let me talk to my peers. And so the young guys who didn't have experience, didn't have wisdom, said, man, show your strength. I mean, you tell those guys, you think dad was hard, I'm going to crush you. <laughs> that sounds strong, doesn't it? Well, what happened? The, the kingdom is split. The kingdom is split for the rest of the Old Testament. The kingdom of God, the 12 tribes, are split, northern kingdom and southern kingdom. So Rehoboam, you see his sin of pride, of just foolishness, lack of wisdom. There's there's positive examples, though, too, right? Think about young David, the the one who God said, I'm looking for a king who's who's one after my own heart. This young David who who, um, is, is dumb enough to go fight a giant. Really, though, who loves God enough to go fight a giant? Who, who just loves the Lord? He, you can see him out in the countryside keeping the sheep and, and meditating on God's law and praising the Lord. You see young Timothy in the New Testament who comes from a religiously divided home, but from a very child, his mother and grandmother have poured the scriptures into him and God has caused his heart to love the scriptures and he has this godly reputation. He just is, is pure-hearted. He loves the Lord. Paul says, I need a companion to go spread the gospel. They say, take Timothy. He's a faithful young man. So what a, what a, what a blessing to have faithful godly men, right? How will a young man cleanse his way? Well, what does a young man need to cleanse his way from? We could name a thousand things, couldn't we? But here's some common sins of, of youth, common sins of young men. You know the first one, right? Sexual sin. Sexual sin. Whether the act acted out or the very common sin of pornography. 
right, of this partaking of this forbidden pleasure that is titillating to the senses, that's exhilarating in the moment, and leaves the soul wrecked, leaves the soul famished, leaves the soul damaged. And it's so prevalent, isn't it? Think of the sins of substance abuse, drugs and alcohol, the great damage that's done, maybe for the thrill of the moment, maybe in order to be the life of the party and attract attention. Somebody will partake and cause themselves great ruin. Maybe just the being overwhelmed by the pressure of peers led astray into that. Think about the sin of laziness that Proverbs warns us, warns us of so much. This so love of ease that a young man refuses to push himself, right? Refuses to do hard things. Has to be pampered to, right? Life is all about ease. Life is all about self-gratification in the moment. So laziness, which is really another way of saying of, of, of um, unfaithful stewardship, right? Of opportunities, of mind, of body. Common sin of young men. This idea of foolishly living for the moment without considering the long term. Short-sighted. Foolishly living for the moment without considering the consequences, completely self-absorbed because not thinking about how one's actions not only affect oneself, but also those round about us. The sin of arrogance is common to young men. The sin of arrogance, whether it be being pumped up with how good I am at whatever, how strong I am, how smart I am, how great my athletic accomplishments are, just the sin of arrogance. There's nobody quite as great as me. But it could also be manifested in a refusal to listen, a refusal to take counsel, a refusal to be taught. If somebody else tells me what to do one more time, I'm going to scream. Common sin of rebellion in young men against God-given authority. We could go on and on, right? The Proverbs warn against allowing oneself to be corrupted by foolish friends, by foolish influences, common sins of young men. And I would say for, for, for church-raised young men, I would say all of those, and I would hasten to add the sin of self-righteousness, right? Maybe you think of all that list saying, man, hadn't done that, hadn't done that, hadn't done that. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty squeaky clean. Or, for church young men, the sin of hypocrisy, right? Of being that young man who can smile on Sunday morning and sing all the songs and let, yet be living a completely Christless life behind everyone's back. Common sins of young men. So all that said, kind of a sobering way to start, isn't it? But it's needful. All that said, is there any way for a young man to keep his way pure? Is there any way for a young man to cleanse himself? And praise the Lord, the good news, there is. And he tells us, here's the short answer. By guarding your way, by taking heed of your way, according to your word, according to the word of God. So God is supplying his word that young men, middle-aged men, old men would leave tonight, but go through the rest of our lives being more and more cleansed, more and more walking as Andy has preached to us, conformed to the image and the will of Christ. But as we think about this short answer that might say, it seems so simple. Let's jump into it a little bit, okay? How shall a young man, look at some barbecue still in my tongue, excuse me. How shall a young man keep his way pure? 
by taking heed according to your word. Let's take a, a step back and think about that. The word of God. So what does this mean? Does it mean I just go read a verse in the morning and then I'm going to be clean the rest of the day? It'll help. That's not what it means. What, what is Scripture doing? What is the Word of God all about? What is Scripture? Here's one way to say it, and this really will dovetail a lot with what Brother Andy has already told us. But let's think about this first, that Scripture is God's revelation of Himself. Scripture is God's revelation of Himself. So one way we can answer this question is, how will a young man keep his way clean? By looking at God, right? By fixing his gaze upon this glorious God. I love what verse 15 says when it says, I will have respect unto thy ways. The expression have respect is the idea of looking intently at something. One translation says to fix my eyes upon. So how will a young man cleanse his way? By fixing my eyes on the word that's revealing this glorious God, you see. God, in his, all of his majesty, in all of his supremacy, his holiness, and his beauty and grace, God is revealing himself to us through his word that we might be captivated by who that he is. Think about it this way. Imagine that you, for the first time, or the hundredth time, it's always amazing to me, let's, let's just say you go to the, see the ocean for the first time. You see the ocean and you're just like, this is amazing. I mean, the sound of the waves, the vastness, it's incredible. And then some guy comes up to you and says, hey man, would you look at my drawing right here and quit looking at the ocean? You look at his drawings, it must be something amazing, and it's just this little stick man figure that's not impressive at all. And you're like, why would I look at the stick man when I've got the ocean to behold? Pornography looks pretty stupid compared to the glory of the God of this book. Because you see how satisfying that he is. Because you see how wholesome and pure that he is. Because you see that he's light, and that light is attractive, and that light is good, and that light is cleansing. So why would I, why would I gaze on this little stupid drawing of a stick man? A grain of, why would I be impressed by a grain of sand when I've got the whole ocean in front of me? Well, the word of God is, 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 is the scripture revealing and will, it's like swimming in the ocean of the glory of God and we'll never get to the bottom of the ocean. How will we keep our way pure? By getting our eyes on the living God, the God of this book, by looking away from, from self and vain, temporal, fleeting pleasures and beholding this great God. Because you see, all that, all that those sins that I mentioned, every other sin has to offer. It's just something here in this world, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a horizontal look. It's looking at self and just looking at whatever the table of the world has to offer when the word reveals to us this vertical view of the glory and the majesty of God. So how will you keep your way pure? By looking away from yourself and in instant gratification and counterfeit pleasures. And the table of temptation the world has set, and by beholding the majesty and the glory of God. What, what else does the word reveal? The word also reveals to us, it reveals the truth about us. Okay? And we have to see that, don't we? The, the word reveals the, the hard, painful truth about us. It exposes ourselves. It just did it in Deuteronomy 22. It exposed me. So he's reading, you say, we're reading about oxen and going to, 
And it kept on saying, don't hide yourself. Don't hide yourself. I'm like, why is he saying that? What's the word telling? The word is telling us we are so selfish. <laughs> we would hide ourselves. Oh, I, I didn't see that ox. I didn't see it. Because I don't want to have to go get up off my couch and go grab that ox and take it to my neighbor's house. And he told us like three times, don't hide yourself. Don't hide. So the word is exposing our own sinful proclivities. It's, 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 it's exposing how we deceive ourselves. And that's painful, but it's needful. So we'll, we'll, we'll guard our way by learning really about ourselves and how that we think and how that we're to now train ourselves in righteousness. The word reveals God. The word reveals ourselves. And the word reveals, brothers, he, he mentioned as well, it's this schoolmaster. The word reveals to us Jesus and his salvation. And to keep our way pure, we've got to see Jesus and what he's done for us again and again and again and again. Because there's the motivation to walk in purity. There's the strength to walk in purity. There's the way to have the guilty conscience cleansed so that we will walk in purity. So the Bible, the Word, is not just a book that says, here's where you mess up and here's how you need to fix it. The Word says, your sin is worse than you really think. Here's how, you're so selfish, Deuteronomy 22. And here's the glory of Jesus who cleanses you and washes you. Look at what he's made you to be. The word tells how that he has made us to be priests who can enter into his presence and have garments of righteousness that we wear. The word tells us how that we're, we're no longer our own. We're united to Christ. We have union with him. We're bought by him and belong to him. His spirit, isn't that wonderful? So the word reveals how we keep our way pure. Look at this God. Look at this God. Look at yourself. Look at your need. Look at your Savior again and again. The Word reveals to us Christ. It's really the story of a man, the God-man, who was faithful where all young and middle-aged and old men have not been faithful. Listen, as a young man, Jesus was faithful. I love this about him. We don't know much. You know, We know the birth story. And then baptism, right? Public ministry. What's the one little story we find out about Jesus in his youth? He was locked in. He was locked in. Parents lose him in the temple. Where are you at, son? What's going on? Didn't you know? I must be about my father's business. I must. And you see that word must through the gospel of Luke over and over. I must do this. I must. The Savior's locked in. He's faithful from the very start. As a young man, he's faithful. And the word reveals to us how that Jesus goes to the cross, dies to make lousy young men pure and clean and faithful. Isn't that wonderful? So tonight, you might come here tonight, a lazy young man. Or you might come here, a young man steeped in pornography or whatever other sin that we may mention. And by God's grace, be cleansed and washed from the guilt and the filth of that by the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's not just a truth the first time. In conversion. That's a truth to hear again and again, and the word reveals deeper and deeper and deeper layers of it. So, how will a young man keep his way pure? By looking at the word, which reveals this great God, which reveals Christ, which reveals our own need. One scripture quickly in Isaiah 45 before we move on um, to the next point. Isaiah 45. This is a, so, so the word is telling us to take our eyes off of ourselves. The word is pointing us to take our eyes off of the table of temptation and not be captivated by that. The word is pointing us to look at our great God. 
Isaiah 45, verse 21, Tell ye and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me. A just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. Verse 24, surely, here's the response, surely shall one say, in the Lord have I righteousness and strength. Even to him shall all men come, and all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed, and the Lord shall all the seed of Israel be justified and shall glory. Isn't that beautiful? God's saying, look at me. (laughs) There's none else, the only Savior. Verse 24, the the response of the believing heart says, one shall say, in him I've got righteousness. I'm a lousy young man, but in him I have righteousness, and and I have strength in him. To the words revealing how that Christ is not only forgiving and cleansing us, but as Andy preached us so well, he is training us in maturity and godliness. He's training us to think in new ways through the word and to develop new righteous habits through the word. So how will a young man cleanse his way? By looking at the Word, looking at our great God, looking at Christ and what He's done for us. Now, the question, the short answer, take heed according to your Word, and then the longer expanded answer that the psalmist gives us from, kind of again, like a prayer and personal experience. Look at what he says in verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee, not casual as he said, With my whole heart have I sought thee, or let me not wander from thy commandments. You don't have to read the Bible, Old or New Testament, very long to find out that God is after the heart, isn't he? That God is after way more than just, way deeper than just surface level. Psalm 51, David says, Lord, you desire truth in the inward part. The real deal, right? The genuine article. David prays in that psalm, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. So as you know, the heart is is speaking of the desires, of what we love, of the motives, of the purposes, of the thoughts. There's a lot of heart language here in in this section, this short section. Verse 10, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Verse 11, thy word have I hid in my heart. Verse 12 is worship. That's from the heart. Blessed art thou, O Lord. And then a heart request. I need this. Teach me your statutes. Verse 14, I've rejoiced. That's a heart action, if you will, in the way of your testimonies. 15, I'll meditate. That's heart work. That's heart and mind work. That's how you get the heart right. That's how you cleanse it. I'll meditate in thy precepts. Verse 16, I'll delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. So, David is saying, or whoever the writer of this psalm is, I'm coming after you with the heart. How do I cleanse my way? Looking at the Word, long expanded, it's one way I do that, is seeking you with my heart. What is he seeking? What is he seeking? With my whole heart have I sought, what's the next word? Thee. Thee. God, you're the pursuit. Because this is a, this is a, a personal relationship, right? With the living God. Terms like father, 
Jesus' elder brother. This is, this is family language. This is relational language. God, I'm seeking you. Some of the Psalms would say, I seek your face. That is, I, I want to I get close. I want to have communion with you. I seek your strength. I seek to know your will. I seek your glory. Lord, you're the pursuit. You're not a side part of this deal. You're it. With my whole heart have I sought thee. What are you seeking tonight? None of us are just sitting. I mean, we're sitting right now, right? But in life, talk about the walk, none of us are really just sitting. We're seeking something. Everybody's seeking something. Here's the one only valuable object or person worthy of our pursuit is to seek the living God. So, you know, let me just read what Spurgeon says. It's kind of, the, it's kind of one of those deals of the, the best defense against the impurities, against sin, is a good offense. So right after verse 9 says, how will a young man keep his way clean? Verse 10 says, with my whole heart I've sought thee. I love what Spurgeon says on this. He says, the surest mode of cleansing the way of our life is to seek after God himself and to endeavor to abide in fellowship with him. So it's not just leave tonight and quit sinning. <laughs> leave tonight and quit looking at bad stuff. Well, do do that. Amen. That's one side of the coin. But don't just look at that side of the coin. Get on the other side and say, go seek what's beautiful and good and right. Go seek the living God. So somebody goes to the doctor and says, man, I'm overweight. I'm tired. I'm unhealthy. I don't feel well. I don't have much energy. And what do they always say, at least at some level? Diet and what? Exercise. So cut out the bad stuff. What do they say about exercise? Here's what all the experts say. Why do they get paid for this? Find some kind of exercise you enjoy. That's what they say. Find something that works for you. Something you like. Whether Maybe you like swimming. Maybe you like group fitness. Maybe you like trail hiking. Maybe you like basketball. Cut out the garbage. And seek what you enjoy. And what's the enjoyment? The enjoyment, the enjoyment is the living God. The surest way to keep our way clean is to seek after God Himself. So how do I cleanse my way? By purposefully seeking God. Okay? Another way to say that how do I keep my way clean is by cultivating a growing love of and pursuit of the good, the beautiful, the holy, the only one who truly satisfies. Well, let's dig a little deeper. The whole heart, Brother Andy said it well, it's not casual, this diligence. Well, how do we practically, even more practically do this, okay? Verse, it always involves the word. Verse 11 tells us, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. The word hid here, so it's not the idea, I've, I want to hide this and nobody finds it. I want to hide this so nobody steals it. I want to hide this so nobody knows. That's not the idea. Nobody knows about it. The idea is really of storing or treasuring. So the idea is I'm going to need a lot of this. <laughs> I'm going to need a lot of this. So thy word have I stored up, treasured up in my heart so that I might not sin against you, so that I'll keep my way pure, so I'll walk in, in, in purity. I'm storing up the word in my heart, I'm storing up that which is most valuable 
within my heart. So this involves diligence, doesn't it? It involves purpose. It involves discipline. I, so our problem is, it's not a lack of access to the Word, isn't it? Somebody asked me at the dinner table, hey, do they have a hard time getting Bibles in Nicaragua? And some of them actually do, so we always take a couple of Bibles down there. That ain't our problem, is it? That's, that Lack of access is not our issue. Maybe lack of desire. Talk to the Lord about that. Stir up that desire. Get in it. Lack of priority. Lack of valuing. Lack of discipline. Let's, let's learn from the psalmist here. He's teaching us how to pursue that, how to keep our way clean by storing up, treasuring up this word in our hearts. And this is, brothers, this is this is the reality. Again, like we'll seek something, we will fill our hearts up with something. Something will get in there. <laughs> something will get in there. So notice he doesn't say that um, uh, all of the latest political news I will store and treasure up in my heart so that I don't sin against you. And I'm not saying cut it all off. We've got to be aware. But that's not what he says. That's not the priority. The word is. He doesn't say, the latest sports news I will treasure up in my heart so that I don't sin against you. There's a place for that. Enjoy some of that on the side. But that's not the priority. We could go on and on, couldn't we? He certainly doesn't say, a whole lot of garbage that's out there I don't store in my heart. Now, that will lead us to sin against you. Man, fill up with the good stuff. I- the psalmist, I'm going to need a lot of this. I better store it up. So thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Well, what does that produce? You might say, another sermon on reading the Bible. <laughs> no, that's not the idea. What does it produce? It produces worship. Look at verse 12. He goes to worship. He says, blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy statutes. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Lord, I've sought you with my whole heart. I'm treasuring this stuff up in my heart. I don't sin against you. Lord, blessed are you. The word blessed is the idea of somebody getting on and kneeling on their knee and and worship. So the word that he stored up in his heart has taught him about his God, taught him about his own sinfulness and how Christ has saved him and trained him in godliness. And that produces worship and joy and praise and thanksgiving and adoration. So storing the word in the heart leads the heart to worship the God of the Word. Storing the Word in the heart leads the heart to worship the God of the Word. You know what? Every single pastor, if you were to ask every single, man, what's your goal? Or what would you love to see happen from the sermons you preach on Sunday? Of course, there's a lot of answers you could give. But I guarantee you, every faithful pastor would would have to include something like this. Man, if it would lead my people to worship God more, if it would lead my people to adore him more, if it would lead me to stand in awe of him more. That's what the word does as the spirit blesses. So not only is he worshiping, but listen, it's making him hungry for more. I love this. He's already treasuring it up. Look at what he says. Teach me some more. Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy statutes. So it's not that, yeah, I'm kind of stored up. I'm good. No, it's, it's, the, it's like the more he eats, the more he wants. Why is it that Zach Guest still has these crazy memorizing programs? Because the brother wants to keep eating. He's already eaten a lot. He wants to keep eating. He wants to keep treasuring up because that's his joy. That's his delight. So here's the word. Storing it up produces worship leads me to want more. 
And then that produces this, verse 13. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. So he's talking about the Word. He's telling others about the Christ who has saved him that's found in the Word. Listen, God bless us in that work. Brothers, we all know we live in this corrupt culture to say the least. But you know what we have? We got the treasure. We do. God teach us. God, God help us. I'm not an expert in it. I'm not. I promise you. I want to grow in it. Lord, teach us to love people and teach us to know how to point them to Christ. Here's one little tip for you. Say, I don't know what to say in evangelism. Somehow take it to the cross. If you can do that, that's what, that's what, how the apostle, one, uh, um, I determined to know nothing among you but Jesus and crucified. So some would say, the cross means we need this. The cross means there's hope. The cross means forgiveness. Do you know why he died? So the psalmist is filling himself up with the word. It produces worship, and now he's speaking of it. We can think about this in evangelism. We can think about this, as he mentioned, in counseling and speaking one to another. The, the word calls us in the ministry of the church to be edifying each other, to be engaged in building each other up in the, in the, in the Lord. Well, we won't have much material to build each other up with if we're not having the word treasured and stored in our heart and us meditating on it as well. Verse 14, he's rejoicing. I've rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I, there's joy it's producing. It's not that, you see, here's one of the big lies we believe. We believe, man, if I start obeying Deuteronomy 22 and quit hiding myself from helping my neighbor, that's going to crimp my style. But that's not true. Later on in Psalm 119, he, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, uh, maybe I've got, well, my feet will walk in freedom or in liberty when I keep your precepts. The truth will make you free, Brother Andy quoted to us. There's joy in this world. And I just want to ask you tonight, I don't know, maybe there's some here that you're not a follower of Jesus. And I just want to ask you, are you a little bit jealous? Maybe just a little bit jealous? I mean, look, pure worship, just the word cleansing, does that do anything for you? To be washed, to be cleansed, cleanse my way. Rejoicing, I mean, real joy. And then if maybe you're a straying brother or a cold brother, are you a little bit jealous and a little bit remorseful of remembering where you've been and where you need to get back to? If any of us are there, man, let's jump back in with both feet. Let's jump back in. Verse 15, he says, this is more heart work. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. So, this meditation, as you know, this idea, it's, it's thinking deliberately about the Word. It's thinking purposefully about the Word. It's not lazy thinking. Okay? So it's, it's mulling it over. It's, it's pondering it. It's Basically, it's, you're talking. You're having a conversation with yourself and the Lord about what He's written right here. And you're looking and you're digging and saying, okay, what is this saying? What's the message of, of this section of Scripture? What, what's the message here? Then you think a little more and say, well, as he said, what does this tell me about God? What does this expose about me, perhaps, a sin? I mean, Deuteronomy 22 already got me. Is there anything here that tells me about Christ? How can this apply to my life? So we're thinking differently. How do these pieces come together? So it's, it's, it's doing that with your own reading. But listen, it's also... Um, 
God intends to feed us. God intends to equip us. God intends to instruct us through the preaching of the word. And I don't just say that because I'm a pastor or a preacher. So look, if your pastor's going through a, a message, like a, a book, and you kind of know where he's at, be reading that. Be meditating on that. Because you, you're, you're, putting, you're putting some brain effort into it. You're putting some hard effort and some prayer into it. I want to soak this up. The message is preached, and you're thinking, okay, I don't want to just, that was a great sermon, Chunk. What are two things I can remember from that this week? What, 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 what can I write down on a note card and put in my car that I'll see every morning this week while I drive to work to remind me because God's fit. And I want to meditate and ponder and soak this up and be shaped by this. Okay? Now, I will meditate in thy precepts, have respect. I'll fix my eyes unto thy ways. Finally, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Here's what I take from that is, it's going to take work, okay? It's going to take the Lord. Lord, keep it before my eyes, and it's going to take work. How do you not forget something? <laughs> it's kind of a funny question, isn't it? Here's my best answer for you. I mean, you, you, you sit before the Lord and before the Word again, and you hear it again and again and again and again. And you pray, and you do it again and again and again. I've got to set this thing before me. I've got to be under... The, the, the preaching of this precious truth again and again so that, so that it doesn't slip away. Does it slip away? Hebrews 2, Hebrews 2 says this, and this is a powerful passage. It's, it's really contrasting um, works in the gospel. And so in Hebrews 2, 1, you've probably heard this verse many times. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. And that's the idea of, of drifting away. Isn't that a terrible thought of drifting away from the gospel? Which is what chapter 1 is just talking about, the supremacy of Christ. Drifting away from seeing the glory and majesty of Christ. So he says, brothers, we ought to give the more earnest heed to these things. Set these things before our eyes again and again. You have the question, an important how can a young man keep his way clean? Short answer. Look at the Word, which is going to show you the glory of God. It's going to show you yourself. It's going to show you the Savior Christ. How do I keep my way clean? By purposely seeking Him with my heart. How do I keep my way clean? By cultivating a growing love for the good, for the beautiful, for the holy, for the satisfying one. How do I keep my way clean? By storing the stuff up. And it's going to, it's going to lead me to worship. And it's going to lead me to want more. And it's going to lead me to joy. And it's going to lead me to talk about it. And it's going to give me joy as, as if in all riches. And, and by the way, I've got to meditate in this stuff and put some work in and not forget it. Now, in closing, let me say this. Not only this section, but all of Psalm 119, and others will probably touch on this as well, but it also involves, it, this also, this involves purpose and effort on our part, doesn't it? I will, I will meditate. I will delight, I will not forget, and it also requires a deep dose of humility and dependence on the Lord. Look in verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Man, he's doing pretty good. Then what does he say? Lord, don't let me wander from your commandments. See, he's mature enough in the Lord to know himself. <laughs> Prone to wander. 
Lord, I feel it. God, don't let me wander. I, I do in my heart. If I know my heart, Lord, I want you. I want your way. Please don't let me wander. Because I can easily be led astray. I can be doing well in one area. I can have made some resolve that I want to engage in some sin and hadn't done it for six months. And then, boom, I've wandered, Lord. Don't let me wander. So there's purpose, there's resolve, and deep, deep humility and dependence. Lord, I've got to have your strength for this. I can't sustain this apart from your grace. Here's a frequent prayer of mine, because I, I don't know myself perfectly, but I know myself enough to know I need him. So one of my frequent prayers is, Lord, when I begin to stray, please don't let me go far. Please come back and get me really, really quickly. Keep my heart sensitive to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, Lord, so that I might walk in a way that's clean before you. Brothers, there's, there's hope, there's good news, there's an answer to the question. Of how can a young man keep his way clean and pure? God bless.